Hello ladies and gentlemen, it's Kyle Wolnick, the voice for conservatives, and we're, we have a lot to talk about today, so we're just going to get right started with talking about the Strzok hearing. And basically, the Strzok hearing showed his basic bias on two of the most important investigations, I think, that they were the two most important investigations, the Hillary Clinton investigation and the Russia collusion investigation, which there was no Russia collusion. It was just a witch hunt to impeach President Trump by saying that he colluded with the Russians during the 2016 election. And the thing is, that is text are so horrible, you can look them up, I, I want to mention a few, and there's a couple that are really, really scary because they describe him. On August 16th, 2015, Strzok said Bernie Sanders is an idiot like Trump. So, he's already called Trump an idiot. February 12th, 2016, he said, Oh, Trump's abysmal. March 3rd, 2016, Hillary should win up 100 billion to zero. And that not only shows his dislike, and his bias against Trump, but it also shows his bias for Hillary. June 11th, 2016, Strzok said, They fully deserve to go and demonstrate the absolute bigoted nonsense of Trump. July 21st, 2016, Strzok said, Trump is a disaster. August 26, 2016, Strzok said, Just went to a Southern Virginia Walmart. I could smell the Trump support. Now, I don't know what Trump smell, what Trump support smells like, but I bet if it were a candle, it would smell like winning and gold and American freedom and many more other scents because we elected a leader who is making America great again who is making every single day a better life a better life for all of us instead of just the few of us. Going further on, October 19th, 2016, Trump is a bleeping idiot. November 7th, 2016, O.M. blank. This is blanking terrifying. Now, it's not only Trump, uh, 
struck, it's also his mistress and FBI colleague, Lisa Page, which sees, which, going back to her text, she says, February 12th, 2016, he, can, he, Trump, simply cannot be president. March 3rd, 2016, Page says, Trump is a loathsome human. March, also March 3rd, 2016, Page says he's awful. Also March 3rd, 2016, this man cannot be president. I'm confused. She has a lot of time to share her bias on the same day when she's supposed to actually be working at her job. Now, I'm not saying that she's not working but there's more better things to do than just typing your bias to Agent Stuck, your lover and colleague, how much you hate this candidate. July 18th, 2016, Page says Donald Trump is an enormous blank and... <laughs> I'm just letting you guys look that one up because I don't want to say it. November 13th, 2016. Page, I brought all the president's men. Figure I needed to brush up on Watergate. Now, this, those texts that I've just read doesn't show their light towards Trump, or their, um, impartiality between candidates, it shows their bias against him. And during the Strzok hearing, Strzok said that those texts were taken out of context, which I'd like to see them place into context because they can't possibly be any better that they said that they sound as he says out of context, which I don't believe. I think that's just a fake defensive for him. And he said that many or some of them were off the cuff, which taking how they sound, they're not off the cuff. He's thought about this. He's basically planned this out. How he doesn't like Donald Trump. How he doesn't want him to be president. How he doesn't want him to lead this nation. How it would be terrifying to see him in the White House. How it is a disgrace to even think that one day he could become president. Well, newsflash, number one, newsflash, he made it to president, and we're still okay. I'm looking out at the window right now, and there's absolutely no fires, no cities burning, no big uh, T-Rex or anything like that destroying our city. So, we're doing pretty well. And then he was talking about one where he said, 
we'll stop it. The we, the we will, he said, meaning the American people. Now, this shows his bias. It shows it because since he's so against Trump, since he doesn't like Trump, he figures everybody else in America doesn't like Trump either. So he just massively makes this massive generalization about me, about you, and other people who will like and support Donald Trump fully and voted for him in the 2016 election and are going to vote for him in the 2020 election. And I will say this, I was not old enough to vote in the 2016 election, but my vote would have been for him. And in 2020, I'm going to vote for him to for president. Nothing can change my mind on that because he's done so much of a good job and he needs to really finish what he started in 2020. Anyhow... So he thought the American people would vote for Hillary, and that showed his bias, and it backs up his bias of why he thought people would vote for Hillary, because he said Hillary should vote for, Hillary should win 100 billion to zero. Well, and I think he's talking about the popular vote because um, and I, I because only 270 is needed to win in the electoral college and if he's talking about the popular vote the thing is he needed to also mention the electoral college too because a candidate does not win from the popular vote the popular vote just shows how many people the candidates were favored upon the actual electoral college is how they actually win the White House based off of how the based off of how the electors vote. So he needs to rethink that and not generalize everybody so much to where if he believes something, everybody else should believe it. And it's really disgusting. I mean, here you have a person of the FBI, the highest, one of the highest police forces in America, where they're supposed to not show their bias on any cases that they're working. And yet, he shows it plain and fully by having 
been on the Hillary email case and basically saying that she should not be held accountable, saying that she was grossly negligent or however it was said to make sure that she didn't get into any trouble. But then he's on the Russia collusion case team with Bob Mueller looking for something to impeach President Trump. And showing more of his bias. And it's just offensive. It's offensive to me and it should be offensive to every single American citizen that he can be an agent of the FBI who is one of the largest forces in the criminal justice area. I mean, a lot of training goes into it, a lot of uh, hard work, and a lot of good people are part of the FBI. But he's just made that whole institution, among along with others, James Comey, etc., etc., Lisa Page, um, and they've just really destroyed a great institution which many Americans should be blessed to have. And I'm blessed to have them, but I'm not blessed that people like Comey, like Page, like Strzok, are working in there and show their biases and have been on cases that have a huge impact in the U.S. and on elections and in regular basic life. Moving on to the NATO, where President Trump was, and where many media sources said, the liberal media said that he was harsh and he insulted world leaders because he brought up the fact that they don't pay too much. And I'm sorry, that's not really an insult, that's just, that's just a statement of truth. And why is it insulting them? Why should, you know, we care about them? Because Trump's our leader, he's our president, and he's saying that we're not being treated fairly. That's like them saying that Trump shouldn't have done that because they like us being treated unfairly and I mean we pay 70 to 90 percent of the whole world everything and I personally believe it's more like 90 percent maybe in Obama's 
administration, we would have heard 70%, but I think it's actually 90%. So we pay more than anybody. We foot the bill for a lot of things. We don't get paid back. We have protection for a lot of different places. We don't get anything in return. Why don't we get anything in return? Why don't we just stop protecting people until they give us something back? And it's the thing where you and a person are out of lunch. You always pay for the person because they're gone and they leave the table intentionally. And what if and if you guys agree that one of you is paying for it and it's already decided, that's okay because the other person knows that they're not going to be, you know, um, they're not going to be shoved, have the bill shoved over to them just automatically. They know that they're going to be in charge of it. But that's not the case here with our NATO allies who take advantage of us and who don't pay as much. Which is, they don't, they sit down at dinner with us, they say that, they don't even say that they're, that we're gonna pay the check, they just say, man, that was good, okay, see you next time, then walk off, leaving us with the check. And I'm not, and, and I, before I continue on NATO, President Trump has raised $44 billion in defense for NATO, huge amount of money, and it'll be increasing in the future. So, he's done good for NATO. And then he, and... The liberal media said that he was going to ruin our relationship with other countries. Well, I don't think so. He has a lot of good relationships with all those leaders, etc., etc. And between having somebody like me, personally, personally for me, between having somebody like and respect me, or getting paid, I'd rather be getting paid money. You know, it's kind of like when you're working with, like, a customer who's having a bad, you know, like, a bad experience in the store and whatever, and is snooty and snotty and whatever, and maybe her kid's running around playing with everything. The thing is... In your head, you want to yell at these people. You want to say, hey, can you not do this? Can you do this? But then you realize, you know, you don't have, you know, you don't have to like them. But you do have to be able to control yourself enough and say, I'm getting paid for it. I have to suffer through it because I'm getting paid. Meaning that when we 
elected Trump to lead our country, we may not like how NATO does certain stuff, we may not like how anything goes in Europe, etc., etc., However, we know that we have a leader who will make sure we get our paycheck. And then the UK protested Trump being there. And then they even brought out a baby Trump that was orange. And Sean Hannity interviewed the crowd. And most of them said that they didn't like his policies or they were prefer not to be interviewed, I know that was one person, which, she's my favorite person, because she knows that she's looking like, like, because she knows how she's looking, which is, she doesn't know why she's there, she's not really competent enough to know that she should leave there, because she doesn't belong there. But she's still there because she wants to be part of the in-group. Which, let me tell you, to be part of the in-group, to be popular, you have to do two things. One, you have to totally change yourself to fit these people's ideas. You have to fit yourself. You have to change your behavior to be in the in-group, to be popular. Like, if you like wearing shorts, however this group likes skinny jeans or just kind of whole, uh, jeans with holes and guts in them, you have to stop wearing shorts, then you have to go wear skinny jeans or uh, jeans with holes or anything like that, just to be popular. And then if they like a certain restaurant and not this other restaurant that you really like, you have to change your behavior to appease them, keyword appease, and go to the restaurant that they like. But you might not like it, but you don't want to get on their bad side, so you go anyways. The second thing is that you lose who you're meant to be. Meaning, once you change yourself, you're not yourself anymore. You've changed how you feel emotionally, physically. You won't want to do anything because you just feel horrible. You look at the stuff that you used to do and you think about it, maybe, and then you go, I remember when, and then you kind of have to say no. And then you push that memory aside because you are now part of the in-group. And if you think about doing it, maybe that will lead you to doing it, which will make you not of the in-group. Being in an in-group or being popular may be fun, but for how long? Everybody loses popularity. I mean, you could work in a McDonald's, work in a gas station, work somewhere low, and then be, 
um, be made fun of, etc., etc., but then yet, you might become a billionaire or a millionaire someday and the CEO of a huge company. Then you'll find that the same people who made fun of you and abused you, etc., etc., might be working in McDonald's, working in a clothing store, working at a small-time job that'll get them nowhere except for there. So, popularity ends. It's natural. It's like age. It just happens. I mean, one year you're 10, next you know it, you're 30. You, everybody has to decide when they're going to say, I'm not going to be part of an in-group, or I don't want to be popular anymore, and I just want to be myself. Which is why the liberal media, why the deep state, why the establishment is so destructive. Because they want you to think a certain way. They want you to act a certain way. They want you to vote a certain way. And in return, you get nothing. It's just like when a Democrat runs, they're saying, I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this. Then they get elected. They're totally changing. They don't want to do it anymore. They don't want to help people anymore. And I, and I remember when Obamacare was coming out, Obama said, if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. If you like your plan, you can keep your plan. And then your rates won't go up and won't change or anything. However, that was not the case because you had to change doctors, you had to change your plan, and then your rates went up and up. And then it's kind of like, and one of my thoughts was, well, he he could, and a lot of people were thinking this, was that he could change the situation in Chicago. And the the Chicago situation, still bad. He didn't help much. He didn't help the inner cities. He totally... Ignored the inner cities. He, you know, he was more destructive to them, actually. And that's the thing. You have to be careful of who your in-group is. You have to look at everybody and say, now this is individuality. You have to look at other people and look at what they're doing then you have to say does this feel right to me to my moral code would I feel right doing this the answer is yes you know you found the right group of people to be around if the answer is no what are you doing there if your answer is still no and you're still hanging around these people 
Why are you still hanging out with them? Why are you still with them? You should not be with them. Newsflash, they only like you as somebody who... They only like you not because of you, but because you are part of the people who foolishly believes what and what they say and you will do anything for them and they know that I mean it's kind of like a like an old like the godfather kind of like it's like a mafia you know you have the person in charge and you have everybody under the person in charge and if the person in charge says to this group of people, hey, do, go, go do this thing, go protest, go, uh, you know, spray paint, whatever, go paint, you know, signs that's, that say Trump is terrible, Trump is this, Trump is that, you know, or go toilet paper something, go toilet paper, uh, George, the George Washington statue, Jefferson statue, etc., then you guys do that. The person now knows, the person in charge now knows you will do anything. And that's the only reason that they like you. They don't like you because of your individuality. They don't like you because you're you. They don't like you wearing a certain clothes. They don't like what you have on. They don't like, you know, they don't even care what your favorite color is, they don't care what your favorite ice cream is, they only care about themselves. They care about you pushing them more over the top and you getting them more popular. So they don't have to do the actual work themselves. That's what the Democrats are. And that's why... It's so important to vote Republican in the 2018 midterms because Republicans care about you. Republicans care about the American people. We're, we're for the wall, not because we're racist, but because we don't want anybody harmed. The Democrats are open borders. They want open borders because, number one, they get more votes that way, and then they offer help to the people who come in illegally, and yet the people vote for them illegally, but they don't receive any help from them, kind of like the DACA situation. President Trump said, I, President Trump said, DACA for the wall funding. Uh, now, Democrats were supposed to, are supposed to, care about DACA people, from what I, from what the news was 
yet they didn't care enough about DACA to actually say, yes, President Trump, we will help you, we will make a deal with you, and here's your funding for the wall. And they, they spun off, you know, t- that Time magazine with Donald Trump looking down on that on the little child who was taken away from the father by the mother then who had and the father had no idea he didn't know that she was going to be taking the child all the way on this treacherous journey up to the US and they want to make time wanted to make her the poster child However, it's kind of the mom's fault for bringing the child. Also, she was with the mom. Time wanted her to be the poster child. And it came out that the child was fine and happy and everything with the mother. Making them look horrible. Making every Democrat that was pushing it horrible and that's the in groups that you don't want to be in is people who say do this do that do this do that do this do that and you look at yourself and you're getting nowhere except closer to your own coffin Now you're real coffin, not like you're going to die, but your actual mental coffin. You're going to feel brainwashed in this. You're going to say, oh no, no, that's, that's a lie. They're good people. I mean, they could set you up for shoplifting. And you could still take the rap saying, no, they're good people, they're good people, it was my fault, I did it. When the camera could clearly show that they did it, they wanted you to get caught because they thought it would be funny. And I must mention this, I like the hashtag walkway That's what I mean, because the founder said this is not the Democratic Party that I knew, that I loved. It's something totally different, and he walked away and encourages more Democrats to do that. I encourage more Democrats to do that too. I think that they totally need to take a look at the party, uh, where their party is going, and say, Is this really the group I want to belong to? I mean, can I proudly say I'm a Democrat? Can I proudly say I support this person? I support that person? And give a full explanation why? Many people can't. Or they say something, then they can be... You know, then they can have another question asked uh, to them 
then they have silence. And I'll, and what I mean is by this, I'll give you an example. My name is Kyle Wallach. I'm a conservative Republican. I am a Donald Trump supporter. I'm a Republican because I believe in these stances Republicans take, like cutting taxes, deregulating businesses, and many more things that I don't want to go into. I support the Second Amendment, and etc., etc. I support... Having businesses hire more people and then spend more money on their businesses, on their employees to make themselves grow and to become more innovative. I support and I appreciate our military, our police officers, our firefighters, our paramedics, all the 911 people, ICE, or Coast Guard, etc., etc. Now, I'll tell you why I support Donald Trump. I support him because of his tax cuts. I support him because he wants to help out businesses. I support him because he wants to do the pipelines. I support him because he wants to make America great again. I support him because he wants us to win again and have fair trades and have good deals with other countries and have great relationships with other countries. And I also support him because he viewed, he made the decision, which everybody knows this, the capital of Israel is Jerusalem. He moved the American consulate back to Jerusalem where it belongs. And those are just a few reasons why I support him. Plus he supports our military, loves our military, loves our police, loves our emergency services, loves everything. And so that's what I'm talking about. I just gave you an example. Do the same thing for you guys, for yourselves. And say, is this what I believe? Why do I support this person? Why do I support this value? Just ask yourself on a daily basis, depending on what news you watch, CNN, Fox, ABC, whatever what newspapers you read. Do I support this person and what they're saying? And could this be a message that could lead me to think this way or some other way? Like, for instance, last night I saw an Anderson Cooper that he, that Putin admitted to hacking into meddling the 2016 election because he preferred Trump. What Putin said was that upon when he asked who he wanted to win the election, he said Trump because he preferred his policies. That is 
two totally different statements. I mean, you can kind of yes or say that that's what it kind of means, but I don't. That's a pretty big jump to me. Because saying saying your preference for one thing and then fully admitting to something, to me, is two very different things. Like, I could say, like, if, like, I like root beer. So, if a Coca-Cola, van, semi, etc., etc., gets shot at, and the only thing inside the truck is Coca-Cola, uh, bottles, cans, etc., etc., then they come to me because I said I like root beer and only root beer, and then they're t- trying to tell me that because I said I like root beer and only root beer, that makes me at fault for the shooting of the semi truck with all the coca-cola in it and basically saying because i made that statement about root beer i admitted to doing that and that's just my take on it you can have your own take or you can support my take but i don't want you to support my take just because you want to be part of the in-group and you want to be popular and say hey i believe you do you want to hang out? Do you want to do this? My phone number is this and this. Unless if you truly believe by yourself, then it means the same thing. And on to the summit with President Trump and President Putin and Helsinki, Finland. A lot of things were discussed, the Middle East, Syria, Israel, the whole humanitarian, um, what to do and how to help them, and, uh, and then the nuclear discussion where America and Soviet makes up 90, and Russia make up 90% of the world's nuclear uh, arms and nukes, which isn't isn't really a good thing. I mean, it still kind of, it kind of reminds me of um, the the Cold War, which I know ended, but it's kind of like we're you know, we we still kind of <laughs> at the same number as we were in the Cold War, which we need to denuclearize. I'm not saying totally. I'm just saying less nukes are a good thing because that way we won't have to, you know, use them. Or if we get rid of some of them, we may, you know, and diplomacy is good. And I don't think having a lot of a lot of nukes, you know, says diplomacy. You know, peace, peace, peace through strength. 
And I think uh, strength should not be measured in nukes. I think it should be measured in our military and defense and police and everything and our economy and our GDP, etc. And it really reminds me of during the 2016 election, people were saying it'll be so good when Donald Trump does not have his finger on the nuke button or he's gonna use the nuke button if he gets into the presidency and it's funny because now he's talking about denuclearization not wanting a lot of nukes and etc etc and then it's like you claim to know him you claim to say this and make people believe it and yet now he's saying we need to denuke and of course the 2016 meddling and my only thought on this is I like and when she said I don't see why Russia would ha you know meddle in the election hack etc etc Meaning that he didn't, meaning that it could have been Russia, now he, and it could have been somebody totally different. But the thing is, the intelligence committee community the intelligence people has said yes it was Russia however they've only said it's Russia they haven't and he's got a great team but the thing is I like physical stuff I just don't like circumstantial stuff and I mean physical like uh like, you can touch a telephone and then it's physical. You know, a circumstantial, circumstantial could be somebody saying, oh yeah, there was, there should be a telephone. There should be this, there should be that. That's circumstantial. There might be. You know, it's kind of like when you don't know what you have. And you think you're to yourself, there might be eggs in the fridge, but there might not be. So it might be Russia, and yet it might not be Russia. And so why do we have to just believe what these people say? Because they're in the intelligence community, because they know intel, because they can have intel. And let me just tell you, the Steele dossier, which has total fake news about a lot of different things, that's also intel. So how much intel can we actually trust without real physical evidence? And Trump made a great point. Why hasn't the FBI taken the server? 
the DNC server. Because I like to see the server. See what was taken out, what was planted, what was looked through, etc., etc. Was it really the Russians? Who? Or was it, you know, Serbia, etc., etc.? Not saying Serbia did it. I'm just saying, what if another country did it? And then, where's Hillary's emails? Why are those two things that people aren't talking about? All they're talking about is how. Trump had Putin on the world stage and could have said, Putin, you meddled in our election and I don't like that and I, etc, etc. But why aren't they talking about why the DNC server needs to be taken, needs to be looked at? That's the thing that scares me the most, is that that is actual physical evidence. You know, I've, there's a laptop at a crime scene, and then the police would take the laptop and look through it and see if there is anything that could be found on it. For physical evidence. And without that laptop. You don't know what's on the laptop. You don't know if it contains anything. And the thing is, that's what makes or breaks a case is physical evidence. Because circumstantial evidence can only get you so far. I mean, it's like kind of total hearsay. You know, it's like, well, I heard that we had this kind of evidence, so I think that we should go on this kind of evidence. And then if that's shown at a jury, the jury will just laugh when they get to the part where, oh, we have no physical evidence to back up all this circumstantial evidence. I mean, sure, he could have been there, but we don't have any fingerprints, we don't have any, you know, boot prints, we don't have any DNA samples, we don't have any uh, bodily fluids, we don't have any blood, we don't have any anything. Proving that he was there. You don't have any pictures from the from the streetlights saying that it was on the car, anywhere that he went, any receipts from anywhere, etc. So, I think before we should actually say and be serious about that it was the Russians who hacked us, who meddled in the 2016 election, we should actually want the DNC server to be looked at, to be found with physical evidence, and for Hillary's emails, her 3,000 emails, to be found, to be done with anything, to be found, to be looked through, to be sifted through, because who knows, maybe she's the one who contacted Russia, some of the Russia or anybody else, secret agents, looking for stuff on Donald Trump, trying to win the campaign, trying to beat him illegally and unfairly, um, 
creating treason, etc., etc. And the thing is, why is everybody so upset when she gave our uranium to Russia? Why is she upset when she got a huge payment from Russia? Trump was there in Russia, along with a lot of other businessmen. Putin didn't even know. They didn't even know each other on the... during the election primaries. Putin just liked Trump and wanted him to win because he had talked about a good relationship with Russia and more of his policies than he did with Hillary. And I have to say, I agree with Putin. That's why Trump to win because he said good relationships with Russia are a good thing and other countries. And many of his other policies. And I was looking at Hillary. And you know what I heard Hillary say? We are going to raise taxes on the middle class. Now a lot of people are saying who she said aren't. But I've been looking. I've watched the video like five different times. I never hear the word aren't. I hear are. Also. Proof to. Kind of more proof to back this up. She said, we are going to put a lot of coal miners and coal companies out of business. Isn't that right, Tim? Talking about Tim Game, her choice for vice president. Why would she do that? Many people like... Many Democrats are saying, we need jobs. And yet... She is threatening to take hundreds of jobs and put businesses out of business, which would hurt the economy. Even Obama says, said that people's jobs couldn't come back. They wouldn't come back, you know, couldn't come back, and that Trump would have to wave a magic wand to get businesses, to get jobs up, to get businesses or something like that. But be honest, I kind of quite listening when he talks because he just basically lies and then it's like and it's just horrible but he opened a coal company a coal mining business etc etc that Obama closed created a lot of jobs those jobs came back he didn't wave the magic wand he did what was right and opened it back up after Obama did the bad thing and closed it. This is why everybody likes Trump. is because he's doing stuff the right way. He's making us uh, onto the forefront of the world stage. He's making our economy better. He's making everything better for the American people. And I will say this, Obama, 
you went on Kimmel, Kimmel, and you said, well, at least at real Donald Trump, I'll actually become president. And guess what? You're not the president who's only going to go down on bucks. No, President Trump is. And President Trump is going to be is a better president than you are. You're like the Jimmy Carter of the of this decade. Seriously, 1970s, horrible time. Well, just just horrible. I mean, horrible time for Carter. 1974, actually. I, I believe, I think. And. He, I mean, he just totally ruined it. And then, guess what? Say, if you're Ronald Reagan. Made America great. Economy was booming. Everybody was happy, happy, happy. And one thing I have to say while I'm on the summit along with, you know, the 2016 meddling and, and Hillary having, you know, success with the Russians, with the uranium, with getting paid, etc., etc. Why does Germany have a pipeline with Russia? Sure, it's cheaper, but then getting oil from, you know, U.S., getting gas from the U.S., etc., etc., energy from the U.S., but NATO was supposed to stop, you know, Russia from expanding into Eastern Europe. So, if they're so worried about Russia, if everybody's so worried about Russia, why don't they bring up the fact that this Germany pipeline with Russia is a bad idea? They won't. It's because their only focus on is making Donald Trump look bad. They don't care that, you know, Hillary gave uranium to Russia, Russia paid her... Germany has a pipeline with Russia. I mean, we are seriously fun. They are seriously funding Russia. And if Russia is such a horrible enemy as people seem, our mortal enemy, Eastern Europe's mortal enemy, how do they? How do they keep funding Russia? for energy. I say that they should fund the U.S. for our energy, for our gas, for our oil, so we can send it over and stop funding the Russians if they're as bad as people say they are. And one other thing. Well, we're on the Russia topic. The Cold War has ended. We don't need to be mortal enemies with Russia anymore. 
And I think the whole world has absolutely disgraced Russia by giving them the cold shoulder, by not helping them along much, by not having them, having leadership, having anything in world talks. And I think it's just a horrible thing, you know, when NATO kind of took over Germany and said that they, that's as far as they were going to go, then they actually went farther than Germany. I think that's um, a disgrace and that we should focus more on, instead of destroying and burning bridges with Russia, that we should build more bridges and get along with Russia, which is what President Trump is doing, and what is, and which is what he was elected to do. Moving on to maybe the most, you know, stunning thing in the U.S. Apparently, it's the most stunning thing. Um, Ocasio. Ocasio Cortez, the social, the Democratic Socialist from New York, who won the primary, etc., etc., meets up with the Republican for Congress this fall. Hopefully, the Republican wins. And I'm and I'm not saying that because I'm saying that for a couple of reasons. It's not because I don't think a woman should be in Congress. I think it's kind of the same case with um, Hillary as it is with Ocasio-Cortez. This particular woman should not be in Congress. In the leadership of our country. And I'll tell you why. And no, it's not a woman. And no, it's not a women thing. No, it's not a I'm a sexist thing. No, it's not because I'm a Republican and that, you know, because they're just a Democrat. And the thing is, I don't mind Democrats. It's just when they go far left, when they just go totally obliterate something out of water, make something up, make... Like they say, the world's gonna end and everything else. It's like, can't we have good Democrats? Are there still good Democrats out there? Which I know that they are. But you just never see them. You always see the people who are like advocating for the worst thing possible. Like, kill Trump, impeach Trump. Uh... You know, we need to do this, we need to do that. So everybody who doesn't feel as strong, who doesn't go as left, who doesn't blow things out of proportion, who say the world won't end, doesn't get onto the news. You know, you hear Starman Daniel, see, you hear all this other stuff, you hear everything else, you hear, yeah, you know, you just hear it all. The thing is, I wish that there were more Democrats like Kennedy. He was a good one that we unfortunately lost. 
He cared about civil rights. He cared about NASA. He cared about a whole lot of things. And the thing is, why I think that Ocasio-Cortez should not be in Congress is because of what she said today concerning Israel. And, uh, and I'm going to read you part of it, and then you can uh, see how you feel. Uh, see if you agree or disagree. And... And, um... see if you agree or disagree or anything else and I mean really think about this even if you're not from New York think about it and I'm not from New York and it really sets a tone that she should not be you know part of Congress or as famous as she's being right now So, she referred to Israel's occupation of Palestine in an interview. Then she says that she's not an expert on the subject. And now, I'm kind of new at this, but um, not really, because I don't think that if you get a question anything that if you don't know what it's about that you should say I'll be frank with you I'm not really sure what it's about I don't really know what's going on in that situation however let me think about it let me read up about it and then I'll get back to you or you can ask them, I'm not really certain of the situation. Could you tell me, a, you know, some of the, some of the, what's happening over there? However, she didn't say that at all. Say that. Then make up your mind kind of like right there. However, she didn't say any of what I said. She just was asked questions, then she said a comment, then she was asked to, then she was asked to clarify that comment, and then she said, I'm not familiar with the ends, and, you know, I'm not familiar and with everything and on the Middle East, and I'm not an expert. So... Why is she talking about something that she doesn't know about? Why is she not keeping up to date with stuff that she's going to have to probably do in Congress? Why is she not, you know, why is she even running if she doesn't know everything that's happening in the world? And it's one thing with state government. 
with, you know, just run for state because then all you have to be worried about is just your state. But when you're running for, uh, for national, for federal level government, you have to know everything. You have to know about the U.S. as a whole. You have to know about your your specific state. You have to know about what is also going into the country to know what to do and what's good and what's not so good. And so what her comments were was that she said she said I uh She said, I also think that what people are starting to see, at least in the occupation of Palestine, is just an increasing crisis of humanitarian condition, and that, to me, is just where I tend to come from on this issue. When asked to expand on that comment, she hesitated for a moment before explaining how Palestinians, Palestinians are experiencing difficulty in access to their housing and homes. Oh, I think what I meant is that the settlements that are increasing in some of these areas and places where Palestinians are experiencing difficulty in access to their housing and homes. So she doesn't even know what she means. Key words, oh, I think. I mean, how can, how can you think what you meant? Either you mean one thing, or you mean another thing. And the problem is, you know, it's kind of frustrating that you don't know what you mean, then you're just kind of guessing, and then you use the words, I think, because it means that I think means you're not sure about yourself, you're not sure of what you're doing, so, I mean, it's kind of hard to tell, and then she was further asked, then she was asked to further clarify her comments, and then she acknowledged that she is not familiar with the ins and outs of the ongoing clash in the Middle East. So, she says one thing the first time, asked to clarify, says something else. Oh, I think that this is what I meant. I'm not really sure, but I'll just say this and maybe that issue will go away. Talk, talk to me about more of socialism, you know, and how I want to steal other people's money and, you know, you know, give it to, give it to college is, you know, free education, etc., etc. And no, I don't know if she really believes in that, but that's basically what socialism is, taking other people's money. And then that's one of the big huge things is free education, which somebody's going to have to pay for. 
So that's the only downside to free education, and basically free anything. I mean, it's kind of like when, um, when people say even something's free, like one time at Walmart, I got a free, um, a free root bear float. Now, obviously, it's obviously it's not free because I think the bank was doing that. And so then they would have to pay for the cups, the root beer, the other sodas, the ice cream, and everything else that they use. Now, since they were a bank in Walmart, they might have gotten a discount, but they still had to pay for something. It's just free for the person who gets it. You know, it's like a free $1 bill that you find on the ground. Well, that was somebody's, uh, you know, somebody's money before yours. So, it basically belonged to somebody else before it became yours. And that's just a huge line. So, anyway, back to Ocasio-Cortez. She says, I'm not the expert at geopolitics. A geopolitics on this issue. She said with a laugh, I am a firm believer in finding a two-state solution on this issue, and I'm happy to sit down with leaders on both of these. For me, I just look at things through a human, at a human rights lens. And I may not use the right words, I know that, I know this is a very intense issue. See, the problem with this is when she says, I'm not the expert at geopolitics on this issue. She said with a laugh. Two things. First thing, she needs to become an expert at geopolitics. She needs to, on this issue and on other issues, to figure out what's going on. Because if you're going to enter public office... You should know what's going on with everything. Kind of like during Reagan's years as the governor of California. He said that as governor of California, he could not answer questions about the Vietnam War. And that those should go to the president because he commands the military. But as a citizen, he could answer it, or he could give his opinion. So the thing is, even as governor, he was still a citizen, and so he was thinking about the world view, even though he was just governor of California. That's what she needs to do. She, she needs to say, I'm just going to be in Congress. And that's, you know, and being in Congress is a very huge thing. But it's not like that she's going to be, like, ambassador or the president or anything like that. Which is a more huge deal to, to do and to know geopolitics for. But she's going to be part of the people who are going to be, you know, doing checks and balances and everything. And so nobody's going to be there to hold her hand and say, this is what's going on. 
this is, you know, what's happening. This is the Israelis' stance. This is the Palestinians' stance. What do you think? You know, and then uh, she thinks this, and then it's like, ooh, not a good idea. And then she does, she says something, and I'm like, that's good. Believe that. And then, so the other thing is, so she needs to dig into geopolitics and figure out that whole idea. That whole what's going on, why it's happening. And then the thing is, the laughing. She said with a laugh, why is it? That every that she laughed. I mean, when I'm when I just read this to you guys, it made me remind it remind me of Hillary Clinton laughing during the Benghazi when she was as if she was alone all night. And the thing is, why do Democrats laugh when you know laugh at uncomfortable situations when they should not be laughing? Is it kind of like they know that they're kind of caught on the rope on being this on the side of saying, I don't know what I'm doing, I just work here and I'm trying just to, you know, have, you know, I'm ju- I just work here, I'm just, I'm just taking up space. Is it just that? They don't really pay attention to anything, so they don't really care about anything. And and the third thing that really bothers me about this is the last sense. I mean, there's obviously that whole paragraph to go through, but the, the last sense. I know that. I know this is a very intense issue. Well, at least she knows one thing. When she could know, like, probably 50 other things or more on this situation. I know that this is a very intense issue, yet I'm not going to, you know, read about it. I'm not going to listen to it. I'm not going to kind of... Look at the ins and outs. I'm not going to see what people's stances are. I'm just, you know, not an expert. But I'll throw my voice out there. And that's that's one thing. If she was a normal citizen, I would not care much about this. Because normal citizens, they say stuff about stuff just to have their opinion heard. Like, yeah... iPhone update. I could do it without it. Or, I mean, it's okay. I mean, doesn't really do much. I mean, I don't see, or they could say, I don't see why iPhones do that many updates. However, I don't work at iPhone and I'm not an expert. I wouldn't care if they said that because I'd just be like, yeah, whatever. But she's running for Congress. She's taking it upon herself to say, Hey, I want to help our state. I want to help our country. 
how can you help the country if you're not a if you don't know a situation that's going on? How can you help us and yet s laugh about stuff that you have no idea about? I mean, it's like a kid's movie with innuendos in it, and the kid just laughs for no reason. It's like, do you really understand what's, what they're saying? Do you really understand what's happening? And the problem that I have with her is she doesn't know what's going on. And it's really, really horrible. And then she can defend it and everything like that. But what's more horrible and what's more scary than her not knowing this, or actually it's probably, nah, it's about the same. That the DNC chairman said that she was going to be the face, that she was the upcoming face of the Democratic Party. Why? And I know he made that statement after she won the primary, but I would seriously reject that statement. I would seriously, if I endorsed her in New York after she said this, I would totally stop endorsing her because she said this, because she said that she wasn't an expert. I said, and I would totally say to her, say, I know you may, I know you're not an expert, but you need to seriously think about what you're saying. You need to think about what's happening, and then you need to say how you feel after you know all the facts, all the you know the whole situation, the stances, etc., etc. And then I might endorse you, but. As she's saying, as she's actually admitting that she's not an expert, I would not endorse her. I would unendorse her. And I think it's horrible that the chairman, frankly, believes that this person is going to be the face of the Democratic Party. I think it's terrible because if she doesn't know anything, if she just says, I think that we should do this, but I'm not totally an expert on it, then that becomes a bill, a law, and then it turns out being horrible. She's one of the people who will be blamed. She's one of the people who said that it would be a good idea. And just to hear somebody say, I'm not an expert in any case, you know, kind of like, uh, kind of like a, um, 
health inspector at a restaurant. Be like, hmm, you know, walk into a dirty floor, maybe see your rat poop or rats, and say, yeah, that looks like uh, rat poop or rats, but I'm not, I'm not an expert. Or their food, or like a food critic, and their food might not be good, it might be greasy, it might be too salty, anything like that. And say, hmm, it tastes pretty good. I mean, it might be a little bit greasy, but what I'm, I'm just a food critic. I'm not that much of an expert on food. You know, and then, like, if you go into, like, a shoe store, and you want to know what the kind of best shoe is, and then you want to know which one would be the most comfortable, and the person would be like, mm, maybe that one, maybe the one with uh, spikes coming up out of it, Now I know that there's not an actual shoe like that, but them being just like, I'm not an expert. You know, kind of like Dr. Show, it's like, you know, how they have that thing where you can stand on and it tells you your number, and if it tells you the wrong number, it's not an expert. It's not an expert, so it's your own fault. It's your own fault for believing in it. And I hope this kind of hurts her popularity and makes her makes people not want to vote for her because she's not ready. If she, she is definitely not ready. I'd say to her start out local. You know, start in the city council maybe or go to state government then go to federal. Don't go to federal directly. Because federal government, you have to know so much more. And you have to be an expert. You have to look at everything. And then you can't just say this and be like, don't trust me, though. I mean, I'm not an expert. I mean, it's kind of like saying that, you know, drugs, you know, like replacing the FDA people with, you know, the registered people with uh, regular people who, like, taxi drivers, uh, nurses, principal, uh, principals, um, attorneys, etc., etc., people who don't know how to do FDA, I mean, like, yeah, this is good, I mean, we're not experts. Nothing of harm can come from taking it. So it's really something careful, and I hope that people don't vote for her because of that. Finally, to conclude this, it'll be midterms. We're talking midterms. The midterms for the Democrats. Now, the Republicans have it easy. Well, they don't really have it easy, but they know what'll get them elected. Standing with Trump and helping Trump increase his agenda for the state and for America itself. 
So that's all they have to do. And then they have to, you know, move through the primaries and the whole thing to be elected for um, for the House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate. But the thing for the Dems are they are needing so much more, you know, and they can't figure out what they want their midterm stance to be. I mean, it was it was the immigration issue. However, that was signed under Bill Clinton, and that's a law based on the signing of President Clinton's name, of past president, of uh, of retired Clinton's name. So they created that own law. They're angry at Trump for enforcing that law, which is not going to go over well for the Democrats in the midterms because everybody knows that it was signed into law by Bill Clinton, or everybody should. And if you don't, it was signed into law by Bill Clinton. But what they're running on is abolishing ICE, which is protecting everybody from MS-13, protecting them from horrible people, making people go out that are illegal, uh, arresting them and then deporting them. They don't want to impeach President Trump. Maxine Waters said this a lot. Impeach 45. They want to keep Obamacare because it gets so much of your money. And even John McCain, when the Republicans had a chance of repealing Obamacare, John McCain, who is one of the president's um, most, one of the president's most uh, person, people who speak, who is speaking out in aggravation against the summit, he voted to keep Obamacare, which tells you Republicans whose side he's actually on and why we should not vote for him. The other thing that they want to do is they want to throw away the Trump tax cuts, which have helped us, which have helped American families, American businesses, etc., etc., very greatly. And the thing is, all these Democrats are actually exposing themselves for who and what they are. And that is obstructioners. They don't want America to win. They want to shake a stick at people and say, Trump is bad. You know, they want to hypnotize people. And really, the DNC is just falling apart. And the DNC is just protected by fake news, which they run to uh, put out horrible ideas and to mind control people who think that, who should think that President Trump is doing a bad 
job and I'm bad. Uh, and it is ruining the country and its cities are burning and the world's gonna end. So, come midterms 2018, be sure to vote out Democrats. Create a red wave. Make sure that the world, Democrats, and everybody knows who you're going to be voting for. Republicans. And say that we want a government that will work for us, not for special interests, not for people, not for political and personal gain of others just so that they become rich more rich than they are now like Claire McCaskill uh, Chuck Schumer Nancy Pelosi, Maxine Waters Pocahontas Elizabeth Warren etc etc thank you for joining me on this um on this, I'm Kyle Wolnick, the voice for conservatives. Have a good rest. I have a good time.